0: This is an RNZ podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Catherine Ryan, and here we draw on my conversations with experts on 9 to Noon to help you navigate family life. What can families and schools do to help children overcome anxiety about climate change? New work for the New Zealand Council for Educational Research looks at alleviating fears by encouraging young people to be proactive by giving them the knowledge, values, skills and opportunities to help ensure a more sustainable future. Our guest is Rachel Bolstad, a senior researcher on the project whose current field of study is the education system's response to climate change. Rachel, good morning.
1: Good morning. It's It's great to be here.
0: It's fraught, isn't it?
1: Definitely, yeah. This is an area that I think a lot of young people... Uh, and families and educators are really concerned about. So how do we get it right, you yeah. Know,
0: how do we get it right? So tell me uh, about whom you've uh, to whom you've spoken for for this research.
1: So in our research, we have interviewed people. We've talked to young people, people involved in education. We've talked to Maori people. We've talked to Pacific New Zealanders, and also people who have a system or policy level view of what's going on across our sector. But we also uh, do surveys of teachers and school leaders to find out what's actually happening in schools, um, how are they thinking and feeling and planning around climate change and where are the, I suppose the most important thing is where are the opportunities that we have in education to actually mobilise and support young people around climate change and the kinds of transitions we need to make. There's the
0: transitions themselves, but then there's the psychological and emotional effects of an existential threat. And we sure. were just ta- talking before we threw the microphone on about um, the era of nuclear annihilation, existential threat, yeah. And, yeah. and how well, how that was experienced by by children. So, there's, so there's two things, but ultimately, you want children to have agency. You can't hide them from everything. Yeah. You want them to have an appropriate level of knowledge and exposure and a sense of agency about their futures. Mm -hmm. Tell me what the schools, the children and the teachers told you first about what is happening and about what they're experiencing.
1: Right. So one of the things we know is that when students are learning about climate change in schools, quite often they'll be learning about uh, what's causing climate change, what are the impacts and effects Um, and to some extent what are the actions that we can take personally Uh, but we're not always looking at what are the ways that we can act together collectively so stepping back from um, what are the choices that you can make differently in your own life, what are some of the things that we can be thinking about as a whole school or as a whole community so um, there's a I think it's really important to bring a stronger focus on solutions and that when we're talking about climate change with young people we're Um, for sure make sure that we're talking about accurate information and looking into the science but also looking at what are some of the solutions that are available to us and how can we be part of that.
0: I want to talk a little about the anxiety and in some instances the grief and Mm. you you mentioned Maori and Pacifica, Mm. and uh, in some instances I mean the Pacific Islands themselves um, Kiribati and, and, and others and how is that affecting um, some children particularly, mm. when it is so personal and so close, it's not even a little bit in the future. Yeah, How is that affecting particular communities?
1: Well, you're exactly right. Different communities are going to be affected in different ways by climate change and are being affected already. um so it's it's a completely understandable response to feel some of those feelings, the grief, the anxiety, um, the uncertainty and and I mean I think it is legitimate to recognise that this is an existential threat um, for, for people's ways of living so actually sitting with and acknowledging those feelings uh, and not dismissing them and I think that's really important that we don't dismiss or talk away young people's fears and concerns if this is what they're coming up with when they think about climate change that instinct to reassure mm.
0: and redirect, mm-hmm. well you might do that but the acknowledgement first is very important, Definitely. right? Definitely. The, the acknowledgement of how you're feeling and the validity of what you're feeling yeah, and then maybe moving into reassurance or just talking about something
1: happier. Definitely. But,
0: But, but, but don't try and brush over or minimise what you doing.
1: Yeah, and and not letting young people feel alone with this Mm -hmm. burden and with this knowledge. And I think, you know, in the last couple of years, we've seen young people really step up and on the world stage and across New Zealand and saying, hey, this is about our futures. This is going to impact us. We've got a right to have a voice in the conversation. We've got a right to have some input into deciding what we're going to do. And I think, you know, young people also have been doing a good job of holding us accountable as adults. Are you talking primary and secondary age? Do you talk to schools at all, at all ages? Yes. At all ages and yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Can we talk about what they're anxious about, and this might be different by age or stage. Were you able to drill down a little bit deeper to, and again I'm sure it's enormously different um, mm. from someone wondering um, about their own children or having their own children to mm-hmm. someone who's just scared by hearing stuff they don't really understand. Yeah. So what was the variety of anxiety or feedback that, that, that you were hearing about?
1: So it can really vary, and for different young people, they'll have a different level of knowledge perhaps about climate change or a different sense of how it actually connects to them so um, and of course just like adults young people are all different in their dispositions so for some young people um, this might be something that really affects them because they have a strong sense of care and connection to the environment or to animals and so for them it feels very painful to think about harm happening to something that they love and you know that's a really important message as well, is that we we protect what we love, and if we are connected to our world, and if we understand how our actions impact the world, um, then actually we can start to take some responsibility and think about what we can do.
0: What were you hearing from principals and teachers? Were you at times hearing let's limit Mm. and protect. And did you hear that more than you think was probably the right way to go?
1: Well, um, what's been interesting to me is to see how much support we saw from school leaders and teachers around young people's engagement with climate change. So, for example, we asked about um, whether they support young people who choose to take part in things like the School Strikes for Climate. And it's a little bit different for different ages. So for um, primary... Schools, there was a little bit more um, people could see things both ways. I think some people pushed back a little bit on the idea that young people should be um, engaged with these things because they were worried about them uh, feeling stressed, or um, they said things like let young people have a childhood um, so that their instinct to protect. Um, but equally, there's, we've talked to many teachers and school leaders who say, actually, we support what the young people are saying. We agree with what they're saying, and you know, what can we do to support them? So it's not just being supportive of young people going out and, and taking part in protests, but what are some of the other actions and changes that we can start to implement?
0: So that question of agency or coming over fear, uh, overcoming fears, are they different? things. Um, Is having a sense of agency and being able to
1: do something or Mm. feel like you're helping part of reducing the fear? or or Definitely. So people told us that um, actually many people that do get involved in climate change issues because they feel very um, powerfully moved to do so, um, they might be starting from a place of, of fear and concern and anxiety. But actually they tell us that taking action is the thing that shifted them into a different mindset. And again, partly it's about connecting up with other people who also are doing something about it and looking for the places that you can connect. So is that happening in schools or outside of schools or a mix of both? It's a mix of both. Um, so for young some young people that we've spoken to they've said there's a lot of things happening in their school um, it, there's a lot of talk about climate change in different parts of their learning um, and they attach that to the idea that that's actually a value that the school holds to be important for other young people they've talked about feeling like they were the only one um, or when climate change is talked about it's talked about as in terms of is it really happening are humans contributing to it rather than actually talking about um, how are we connected to climate change what can we do
0: is there anything standard in the curriculum that touches on it or is it up to schools how much or how little and how they talk about it
1: Uh, There's a lot of different ways it can be connected to the curriculum and in fact climate change because it affects everything, every aspect of human life, there's a lot of opportunities to connect it into learning. I think perhaps um, for schools and teachers finding those connections and understanding how to build that into their curriculum and design learning opportunities, that's a, a place where we can actually think about how do we provide more support, more guidance so that teachers and schools can see how they can do that.
0: You make the point that you don't need to start by going straight to climate change. Mm. You can start with other environmental things, whether it's the worm farm or gardening. Totally. That can be the way they can feel connected with and have respect for um, the environment and with nature. And then at an appropriate time, it might be we're doing this because. Mm. Um, Could you explain a little bit more about not going hard out, first of all, with with climate as the sole environmental
1: discussion or activity? definitely. I think one of the things that's tricky about climate change is it's it's kind of an invisible thing, so we don't actually see it. Um, But if we think about the environment, there's lots of things that we can see, uh, touch, feel, And thinking about how those two things are connected, that's something that um, teachers and adults can help young people with. So by engaging in practices like um, gardening and thinking about what we do with our food waste and learning about composting and doing the worm farming, those things, although they might seem small, they actually have a direct connection to climate because there are... Um, greenhouse gas emissions that can be reduced through some of those actions Um, so you don't necessarily need to know about the greenhouse gas impacts to actually do those practices and there's a lot of value and reward and benefit to health and, and well-being through just engaging in those sort of actions. Was your experience that those actions help reduce the anxiety? I think there's um, well, there's actually a lot of research that help that shows that when we are connected with nature, when we're having experiences, um, that has a direct benefit on our health and well-being. So, okay, it does. But I'm
0: wondering also if. I'm doing this and my class is doing this and my Mm. school's doing this and so is someone else's and so is someone else's. It builds in that sense of hope that people are doing something.
1: Definitely, and it again comes back to that collective action. So what we can do in our own lives might feel small, but if we can think about that on scale and if we can actually... I think it's really important to think about how we can role model and show others what's possible Um, And the more, I guess, little ripples that are created, the more widespread some of these practices are, then those things actually add up to a big impact.
0: You can also try and turn the conversation, I guess, that the young people and children are having themselves from, oh, my God, this is, is," Mm. to, hey, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this, and we're talking, by the way, to our grandparents about this, Mm. and then they came on the climate march with us. So, again... Mm no matter how big the challenge, you are building within a human being's psyche a sense of we can do something. Yes,
1: absolutely. And that that idea of intergenerational connection um, and thinking not just about uh, our our parents and our children but thinking about our ancestors and our descendants you know and I I was thinking one idea that keeps surfacing is the idea of like what does it mean to be a good ancestor and how can we cultivate our skills and our knowledge that helps us be good ancestors and to raise children who will be good ancestors, so it's thinking in those really long timescales about the impacts of what we do now for the future.
0: What about parents themselves and their role modelling, both in the way they talk and in what they do, Mm. is this surprisingly impactful on a a young person?
1: I think it's always really impactful for a young person what their parents um, and and their families and their whanau say and do and role model. And I think, as I said before, an important part of that, the first thing is to to feel supported so that young people feel that they're not carrying this on their own. Um, The second, I think, is to role model the idea that we might not know all the answers, we might not have all the solutions, uh, but we can learn together. So there's lots of, there's more and more really, really good, uh, useful information out there that's easy to find, that's New Zealand based, Um, At the local level, you can look at what's your local council doing about climate change, what's some information and guidance that's useful for communities and families. Um, So there's plenty of support out there. So you don't need to feel like, I don't know where to start because I don't have the knowledge myself. You can learn alongside your young people. What are some of the other conversations that will
0: inevitably be had, climate justice broadly to use the umbrella mm. term, that's another one, Yeah. Um, and we're having to talk about a lot of inter- intergenerational fairness things at the moment, yeah. but again, your tendency might be to stand and fight your corner, you know, mm. back in my day, but actually, um, acknowledging and being prepared to have those conversations mm-hmm. and perhaps not respond
1: too yeah. quickly. Important. Yeah, I mean, the emotional, it comes back to the emotional thing, doesn't it? And a lot of those things, fear, anxiety, um, they're the same things that we sometimes have as adults that trigger our defensive fight mode, you know. So we want to kind of push back against things that feel scary or uncertain or where we we are not sure what's the right thing to do. So actually learning how to tune into your own feelings and your own thoughts around climate change as an adult, around young people, I think is really important. Same if things are happening in your workplace or in your industry, yep. you,
0: you know, even invoke that conversation with a, with a teen or a young person.
1: Definitely, yeah, talking about it. I mean, cl- as I said, climate change affects everything. Uh, we've just had the Climate Change Commission report that's giving us a sense of what we need to do as a nation to um, to mobilise around climate change, and that's going to affect jobs that's going to affect industries um, that's going to affect workplaces and so we need to be having conversations in those spaces too and that can carry over into the home
0: i like what you've told us one teacher in the research said which is don't pretend you know everything because frankly no one does you yeah. don't need to be the expert on no. everything but your demeanor is what counts like mm-hmm. calm and rational and positive yeah demeanor in these conversations is probably the most important thing you can do
1: yeah And actually it was interesting last year because it was COVID, right? And we had the COVID lockdown and that's one of the times that we were talking to teachers. And some talked about how that experience of what happened when we mobilised as a nation around COVID um, also modelled to young people um, that this is a scary and uncertain time, but look, we're figuring, figuring it out together. We've got adults who are stepping up and showing leadership. Um, and we don't necessarily know what's going to happen next, but we're, we're going to be okay. We're, we're getting through this together.
0: Rachel, thank you, and I think there's a, link to, uh, there's a link through to something onto your report. Yep. Great stuff. There's a link there on the, the website, on our webpage, if anyone wants to see the work that Rachel and others have done. She's been a senior researcher on this project. Uh, her current field of study, the education system's response to climate change. She's with the New Zealand Council for Educational Research.